0: Welcome to the queer arabs podcast this is alia we're gonna have nadia joining later on and i'm so excited we have a guest on who we've been following for quite a while
1: hi my name is bashar murad i'm a palestinian pop artist uh, from jerusalem uh, i create pop music and pop visuals with a uh, unique palestinian flavor and I'm so happy to be here.
0: I'm so grateful and honored. Um, the fun- funnily enough, uh, very recently I was on TikTok and I was uh, I was scrolling through TikTok, um, and there was some video. I can't remember what it was about exactly, but there was a comment that was like, "How can you say that queer Palestinians exist?" or like or whatever. And then someone commented back and was like well, there's this really well-known singer named Bashar Murad. And like and really? yeah, and they they used you. They they mentioned you as an example of like, yeah, you can be both. Um, and I, I thought it was the timing was funny just because you and I had already started emailing and and I saw that oh, nice. and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. That makes me happy, actually, because we're often told, Diani. Even when I say that I'm Palestinian and queer, like my, I, that is questioned by people constantly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I love that, Yanni. I love to be used as an example (laughs) to shut people up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. There was like, yeah. There were other commenters, um, including me, trying to explain like. Pink washing and you know that was yeah. just not being understood in that context I'll try to find that video and send you the screen yeah chat, but I just good. thought I was like this is cool timing um yeah so do you want to tell everyone like um what you have been working on lately and then um also kind of like when did you get started um with uh making music
1: so I music was always uh this sort of outlet for me uh, that I was lucky enough to, uh, to find uh, since a very young age. I was born into a musical family. My dad uh, founded a, a, a group called Sabreen in uh, 1980, which was a very important Palestinian band. And I grew up in the peak uh, of the band. Uh, yeah, the, the group. So I was always uh, with them. Um, going to like concerts, being in the studio, being surrounded by musicians. So I was given this, um, I was given music uh, as a way to re- release everything that I was feeling and to channel all my different frustrations of, you know, growing up in Jerusalem under occupation, being queer and how all these things come together. And um, so music was always with me since a very young age. and. Uh, I always knew that I j- wanted to be a, a singer and to use my music uh, to talk about what I'm feeling, but also to connect uh, with others who do relate to my experience because, you know, growing up, there wasn't always, um, there, there weren't many uh, queer Arabs or queer Middle Eastern artists to look up to. So. Um, Yeah, and uh, and and so I've uh, I've been releasing music. I I I started you know uh, just posting uh, YouTube covers uh, since a very young age. But then I was also writing. But I would say that my real career started maybe like about five years ago, and uh, and it was when I started to sing in Arabic and to write in Arabic based on my experiences. and, uh, and my most recent release uh, was uh, in June last year, which was uh, an EP, a four-track EP called maskhara which means uh, mockery or bullshit. And um, it basically uh, describes everything that I've been talking about, you know, all these experiences of being trans- Palestinian, being queer, and living in this very can, um have such a big uh, it can be such a huge amount of pressure and on the youth that are going up here and um yeah and uh, I released uh, the th- three singles of the EP with three videos that are uh, on YouTube
0: sweet what kinds of responses has that EP gotten from I- I- I'm sure a lot of um, Arabic speakers we're so happy to you know have this and um yeah i'm just curious like what responses have you gotten
1: um the response has been really good i think um uh, especially like the lead single Maskhara. i've been performing it for the past three years even before it was released and people were always uh, anticipating it and um and yeah, yeah i got a lot of uh, amazing feedback and it's always amazing to see it from. Other queer Arabs, and uh, it always makes me feel so good when someone understands exactly where I'm coming from because, um, you know, on a, like a shallow level, when people look at the songs and the lyrics, they may seem like just fun uh, dance songs, but when you look deeper into the lyrics and into the, the visuals and how all those come together. Um, it's uh, it, to me it's much deeper than that and um yeah and uh, of course i always want i am like hu- always hungry for more and for uh, you yeah. know what i mean I, no totally. it's never enough you know yeah. i have like these big dreams i have these big dreams and i'm always uh in a rush and like waiting to get to this uh position that i'm still i, I understand it's going to take a while and especially during the pandemic, it, it was uh, a very big struggle. You know, I released the EP uh, during COVID. Uh, yeah. And it was so hard because I didn't get to really perform it live. I didn't get to travel around the world and and promote it as much uh, as I would have liked to. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a, a, a strange release, but it was all very important for me because this EP is honestly, like, it's a very true reflection of that period of time uh, that we've all gone through.
0: It's interesting. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, we've recorded, we recorded with another guest yesterday, and we were talking about how, like, our identities as queer Arabs, just seriously, just our existence is seen as political. Um, And so it's whenever, um, even like, a queer Arab artist releases anything or creates something. um, It's almost like it is rolling the dice as far as what responses are going to come of that um, and which audience it's going to reach. And um, so it's I'm so glad that uh, your. Yeah, your release has reached people who it resonates with and who have had these good responses. I remember just yeah. four years ago, we started this podcast four years ago. I didn't know other queer Arabs. And now there are so many that we're connected with. And it's just kind of amazing the shift. The
1: uh... Yeah, it is crazy. Um, like gr- growing up, growing up, I always thought I was the only gay Palestinian person and uh, because there was no visibility. And, uh, and it's been amazing to see like, uh, through social media, how we're able to connect with other uh, people in Palestine, but also because, you know, it's very hard to travel to like other Arab uh, countries. Um, uh, it, it's been amazing to connect with queer people in Lebanon and Jordan and in uh, many different places. And um...
0: Yeah, on that note, I guess, can you talk about um, what role social media has been able to play for you, especially throughout uh, COVID and keeping that community?
1: It's like, a, uh, social media is, a, I think, is a double-edged sword. It's been very important and crucial in like connecting with people all over the world, um, getting my music heard, my videos seen. Um, it's been very, very important. But at the same time, it's like this, uh, it's kind of scary how if let's say Instagram just crashes, suddenly all of these people that I've connected with will just disappear. <laughs> and um, and also about how we're, we look at social media to measure the success or the worst of an artist or a person. And like sometimes the, the artists who have the most followers are not necessarily the best artists they're just the ones who were able to who are good at social media or or who have visually appealing content that um that people around the world connect with and it's also so it's like uh, sad to see sometimes certain artists who are amazing but don't really have that many followers because they're just not good at social media so so yeah it's always I'm always I'm always in this like struggle with myself of like, I hate being on my phone all the time, but I feel like I have to be on my phone in order to, you know, keep my presence uh, on social media to make sure I'm gaining followers and connecting with my followers because this is the uh, the way that the music industry works now.
0: Yeah, and you have the combined like issues of um, the pandemic making digital presence be like even more important, and then also travel restrictions that you might have dealt with and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think about that a lot as far as like the strength of social media or the power it has, and then also the fragility of it at the same time. Like you said, like you said, if it crashes on us at any given moment, it's like where is our community? Like how are we gonna? How are going? How are we going yeah. to keep that? Um, so I have also thought of how kind of wild it is that something so um, recent, something like social media, is what we have to depend on so fiercely to even have, like, keep each other in our worlds, or our, our lives. Oh, Nadia is here.
2: Hey, sorry for being...
0: Wait, is my audio okay
2: at all? This might not actually work
0: out. No, it's totally fun. You, you can mute- okay. you can just mute whenever, uh, you're not talking. Okay. Cool. 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 Sorry yeah. about
2: that.
0: Okay, so, Nadia, we were just talking about, like, simultaneous fragility and power that, um, social media has. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I feel that. I'm sure you've said, like, everything-
0: everything I could say about
2: it, but, um, it's weird.
0: So, what are you? I guess Bashar, at the moment, what are you? What have you been working on? um, You know, creatively, uh, music-wise. Anything you want to share that's going on right now?
1: So, um, so I'm. uh, I I just released uh, in November. I released the last video for the EP that I'll probably be releasing. Um, I'm working on a lot of different things, actually. I'm just sort of cooking things. I'm not really sure about um, when things will be released. But uh, I, I plan to release a remix EP for Maschara, uh, which will include a few remixes with other different artists. And I'm also working on a, a song for a movie that's that should be coming out this year. Uh, that I'm really excited about. It's a cover of Mina Simone's uh, I Wish I Knew How It Feels to Be Free. Uh, And I translated part of it to Arabic. Uh, And I'm also just uh, like, I wrote a lot of songs the past year during the pandemic uh, and I definitely plan to release, but honestly, I have no idea when. And I think it has to do with just the fact of how uncertain everything still feels. um, You know, with pandemic that doesn't seem to ever end. Um, so I'm just taking it one step at a time. Uh, but for sure, the, the remix EP is upcoming uh, soon.
0: That's so cool. That, that's that's awesome that you have a song that'll be, um, yeah, like a, a cover uh, on a movie that's on uh, a film. I'm excited to see what that is. Yeah, I
2: was
1: yeah. going to ask, Are... can you say what the movie is? Um, I can say, but. Uh, it's, uh, the movie is called a Gaza weekend and uh, it's a film by the Palestinian director Basil Khalil who um, you know recently a few films were put were uh, released on Netflix a few Palestinian films and he uh, directed ave Maria which is a short film that's on Netflix you guys can watch it uh, now and I, I I'm very excited to be a part of this project because I um, Basil is as crazy as I am in his work and so uh, I'm very excited that we found each other and uh, to be a part of this film. i
2: excited to watch it.
0: Um, and then, yeah, what other... so you... I know you are a vocalist and do you um, use any instruments?
1: Uh, I play uh, some piano and I usually... Mainly, I'm a vocalist, uh, but I use the piano to compose and write my songs, and um, and I and I've been like dabbling in production, but I wouldn't say I'm a producer yet.
0: That stuff is that's it's a whole different world. I've just been um, exploring Ableton, and it is it is yeah. not at all intuitive. I mean, that is such a beast to even just. I, I, I'm realizing even just to learn the program.
1: Yeah, Ableton is, uh, you know, once you get into it and like learn the basics, it sort of becomes easy. Uh, yeah. But I would, uh, I, I've been using logic more. I feel like that platform is more intuitive and like. Uh,
2: oh, OK.
0: I've heard good things. To
1: get around.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Apologies if I'm asking about anything you've already talked about. Just no, <laughs> no, okay. I feel like I'm just uh, putting in here. Um, yeah, um, I I really love all of your music videos. Um, and you always have like really interesting like aesthetics and storylines and collaborators. Do you want to talk about um like some of the videos you've done and some of the people you've got involved with?
1: When I, like when I first started to release my my songs, um, I sort of by accident became like a director uh, because I knew how important it is to have visually engaging content with their, with their music, especially nowadays. And so I started doing these videos for my songs and slowly I got um, better at it. And, um, and I've got to, like I've been so lucky to, to have been able to turn a lot of my vision and things that came uh, only like in my head while I was listening to my songs and I was able to turn that into reality. Um, and, uh, yeah, so for, um, like for this past, uh, the, the, my most recent EP, uh, Maschara, I released uh, a music video for the lead single, Maschara, which was very special to me. And it was about, um, you know, the lyrics of the song says, pour another drink, uh, roll a cigarette, maybe I'll forget all this bullshit. And it talks about just how, um, we have become so uh, disillusioned with the, with any uh, kind of hope and how things honestly seem de- very depressing and hopeless and um, I wanted to show that visually and um, and so the music video was shot in many places in Palestine and um, it, it had these you know, I have this constant, uh, I think in all of my videos, I have this uh, theme of escapism. And it's uh, it's not about, you know, physical, it's not necessarily escapism and just leaving, but it's sometimes maybe escaping through our heads and our and um, uh, through our minds and through our music, our, our creativity. And um, and to connect to that, uh, the second single, which was called Antem, uh, I released with Tamar Nafar, who is a very an artist that I look up to um, from Dam and we released Anten together and basically that further elaborates on this um, idea of escapism and about uh, how you know I'm not saying I necessarily want to leave Palestine forever but I just want to escape for one night where I can just have a clear mind and where I can just go out and maybe have a good night and not worry about the past or the future. And Antin is also a very special video because uh, we did it uh, in June last year, which was right after the peak of all the Sheikh Jarrah protests that were happening. Um, which is where I'm living right now. And, um, and I got to collaborate with so many different artists. Um, each scene in the video features different Palestinian fashion designers uh, who I've connected with through social media or who I've known before, um, the video features Tamar Nafar, Uh, all the the, the film crew were all Palestinian people, mostly from Jerusalem, who were really, you know, who were all present on the streets and the protests, but I felt like we all needed that escape, that creative outlet, and, and, um, that video to me is really special because uh it's like basically a showcase of all the different Palestinian talents that we have on various mediums
2: yeah i love that video and i love the way that you um talk about escapism because i feel like uh, your songs and your videos they always have like a a sense of fun and a sense of like depression also to put it that way Uh, i guess um and it's not like like you said, it's not like escapism, like flimsy, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. frivolous, I don't want to deal with anything forever, but just, there's kind of this point where it's like, I need to, I need to like mm-hmm. mentally get mm-hmm. away from this for a moment. Like you said, obviously everyone is embarked in protests and is involved in politics, but like, um, you don't necessarily have to show people exclusively in that light all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that yeah. that balance is so important to acknowledge that, like, just because one, like, the the idea of escapism doesn't equate to apathy or the, or the desire to um, completely abandon, like, whatever, uh, I guess, activism that someone is having to be involved in or is involved in, but it's, it, it's just what we as humans need. We need balance
1: yeah exactly and um and and i think that's also a major theme uh on the ep and especially in my the last song on the album which is called ano Nafsi," which means myself and i and it's about like this guilt that we feel sometimes when we do want when we do have that feeling that we want to escape or when we want to take a break and and in that song and the ep in general i'm saying that actually we need to take care of ourselves. We need to take care of our mental health uh, in order to be able to come back and fight the next day. And, um, um, and I, I struggled with that a lot also because, you know, with all the things that were happening in my neighborhood and Palestine in general, it's hard to be like, to think about that I just want to sing sometimes or if I want to do a show, I want to be on stage. Um, and the guilt that comes with that. Um, and it's, sort of me trying to like deal with that guilt and coming mm-hmm. to that conclusion that no it's actually okay and it's it's good to take care of ourselves and to prioritize our health and our mental health
0: right like it's not selfish to want to find that balance and to, exactly. and, it, and it's just not sustainable for anyone to um yeah do one thing and to have to ignore all of the ways they need to take care of themselves. Otherwise, I mean, nothing would be able to last and we like everyone will get burned out otherwise.
1: Um, Yes, exactly.
0: But you're mentioning the guilt that comes with it. I mean, I I know that's important to acknowledge, too, because there is a lot of that in kind of self-inflicted, sure, but also projected. Externally,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, from external communities, I think that's the that's the struggle with among like any activism circles. I think.
2: Yeah, uh, and you mentioned like doing your work and performing and making music as being like part of that for you. Um, and it's it's funny how we talk about like art being protest because on some level, like yes, of course, your work is is a protest and it's um showing Palestinian culture to the world and Palestinians to the world but sometimes like actual making of things is just like it doesn't feel like it right it's like fiddling around on ableton or logic trying to make things work or like going over one line over and over again and even sometimes in the big picture you can think my work is important my work is um part of a political movement it's Sometimes, like the, the the need to like isolate and hone in on craft feels like really at odds with when there's like literal protests and occupation going
1: on. Yeah. and I think uh, you know it's because also because music and art isn't taken taken seriously and it's not uh, seen as a priority. And we've seen that especially uh, during the pandemic. And. Um, uh, so that's why we, we end up feeling, like for me, I, I end up feeling like sometimes, oh, maybe this is not the time to do this and where we have to cancel shows because of what's happening. Um, and um, but, but when in fact, you know, music and art are one of the most important messengers uh, of uh, what's going on here. And, you know, artists are often the ambassadors for their home, for where they come from, because they get to travel around the world and share their stories and perform and connect with people. Um, but it's about making sure that music is seen, and art in general are seen as a uh, an important part of uh, resistance. Um, yeah. And at the same time, going back to what you, know, you mentioned before um, about this pressure that we feel from ourselves, but also from society, uh, but I'm also like slowly learning that you're never going to please everybody. And no matter what you do, people are always going to be criticizing. And so the most important thing is just to be, to be at peace with what you're doing with yourself and to, you know, because you're always going to be criticized no matter what you do.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Um, and, uh, I liked what you said about art being a form of resistance, and we need to um, keep that in mind. as like a, a very crucial element. I mean, there's a reason so many types of um, art is censored. Like governments and I mean states are afraid of it, and there's a reason for that. Uh, have
2: you talked about like different types of feedback? You've gotten? Sorry, I'm just going to ask a really random question.
0: the responses to the latest EP but I guess like it w- yeah it would be cool to hear um, kind of how receptive people have been
2: along the way before that yeah like positive and, and
1: negative Um, I've definitely got a lot of positive uh, feedback and much more than I ever anticipated uh, growing up you know with my identity and it's been amazing to see like people who understand what I'm doing and especially other artists and artists who I've idolized and looked up to uh, here in Palestine, also in other places. Um, But at the same time, I've definitely gotten negative reviews and uh, comments. You know, a lot of people will say that I don't uh, represent my community or my society and that, you know, maybe I'm bringing some ideas that are Western uh to, to to the society um a, a lot of of course a lot of haters you know who are hiding behind their computers just come and write comments uh, that are very you know shallow and superficial and just like not really looking deeply into the music and what i'm doing um but these people tend to come only like when you first release something and then they disappear and the people who love what I'm doing are the ones who stay, and to me, that's what I've always you know been focusing on and uh, I guess sometimes I'm actually happy when I see like negative comments because it means like I'm moving something in people, and I'm not just doing things that please everyone because I don't think that's my job here is to please everyone um, you know when I'm pleasing everyone and there's no there's no hate. <laughs> Maybe I'm doing something wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah. It means you're, you're you're saying things that need to be said, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And people feeling challenged by uh, your work—that's a huge compliment.
1: Sorry, I was just gonna say it makes me like more happy <laughs> or more excited <laughs> when I see like negative things. <laughs> I don't know if that's normal.
2: <laughs> I think it's kind of healthy in a way. Like, if you're gonna be in the public eye and like gonna be making work that pisses people off um it's i guess it's good to be fueled by the haters it's a better Mm -hmm. approach than letting them stop you from doing what you do um i was gonna say it's interesting that you said the the haters always come at the beginning of your um release we've kind of seen that with the podcast more like with the podcast as a whole we got a lot of hate right at the beginning and then they just kind of trickled off i don't really know what the logic is with that maybe they just get bored and they, they go focus on something else to hate but um, yeah i think that's that's a pattern like the, the negativity usually comes right up front yeah yeah it's
0: it's fun it's hard to find like long-term haters like people the haters do tend to get really bored they'll they'll come at you and then if you don't um engage with them or uh, respond in the way that they're hoping then they move on and it's kind of satisfying to see that
1: yeah i mean there's just so much for them to hate so they it's hard to keep (laughs) up i guess yeah
0: where can people follow you um what's like the best online platform that people can keep up with you
1: so i'm most mostly active on instagram uh, bashar murad official. Mm-hmm. Um, and my music you can find on uh, all streaming uh, platforms, Spotify and Rami, iTunes, Deezer, uh, and uh, YouTube for the music and the music videos. Awesome. Um Yeah. Cool. Great.
0: Well, thank you. We've been really excited to get to talk to you. So this is, it's kind of surreal. I, I, I've <laughs> been following you for so long. So, yeah. Yeah. No, Thank Thank you you. so much. Um,
2: Thank
1: you.
0: uh, Yeah. Thank you. Um, All right. You all can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Queer Arabs. And we're at thequeerarabs at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us. Thanks, everyone.